0: Well good morning Oakwood. Glad that you're here this morning. We're beginning a new series this morning called uh, Baggage and uh, just uh, before we begin this morning just want to start as we have uh, so many weeks this year and just ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. So if you would bow your heads for a moment and just pray that prayer in your heart. Lord today speak to me. And believing that all God's people said Amen. Amen. Well, we, welcome to this new series. Uh, I hope that you can relate to this. Uh, as I've thought about this all week, i thought about who doesn't have a little bit of baggage. Now, to get you to understand exactly what I'm talking about, uh, we're, as we get into the day, I think by the end of this message, you're going to know exactly uh, what I mean when I say baggage. It's going to maybe even take on a new meaning uh, for some of you. Sometimes baggage manifests itself in the way of unresolved conflict. Maybe unresolved issues. Maybe sin. It may uh, be something that you feel in life, like you just feel unfulfilled in life. Maybe it's something that you need to repent of. Maybe it's something that you're constantly thinking about. It's just just kind of there with you all the time. And a lot of times I think we try to to self-manage our baggage. It's one of those things that uh, we can let it pile up. We can let it kind of burden us. We can let it kind of weigh us down. We just begin to say, well, I'm just going to tote it. I'm just going to take it with me. And my hope is over the next four weeks of this series that we're going to learn to live free and to travel light because we are going to give this all over to the Lord. Now, just like the process of us becoming more like Jesus and more holy, uh, um, I think is, is a process. This is also a process. I don't think this is something that happens um, overnight. It's something that we just don't declare in a moment. It's something that we have to live out every day. But I want us to begin this morning with this. We need to recognize and admit that we all have baggage we all have baggage. Let me explain what I mean. Issues. We all have issues. And if you don't think uh, this morning, you're sitting there right now, you're thinking, man, I don't have any issues, then your issue is denial. Okay, you have the denial issue. And and this morning, I think sometimes it's helpful for us to give our baggage a name, uh, to to just name what it is. Some of us have spiritual baggage, something I would call spiritual baggage. Uh, maybe you um, have been in a church situation that was hard. Maybe you sat under some bad teaching with a, some legalistic mindset. Um, maybe you were um, at, at a place sometime in your life with other Christians and, and they were e- extremely uh, spiritually judgmental. And it's kind of left some scars with you. It's kind of left some baggage with you. And, and so you feel like, well, I can't really fully experience uh, the the relationships in church. I can't fully... I'm um, experienced the worship of church because it's been ruined for me, and so you carry this spiritual baggage. For some of you, it might be emotional baggage. Life didn't work out the way uh, you thought it would, and you look back at your life now, and, and and you're kind of angry. Maybe you're you're kind of broken up about it. Maybe you're just kind of bitter. And you struggle with these emotions all the time and it seems like they, they, they just rear their ugly head at, at just the wrong times in relationships with people. Uh, and sometimes you just feel like I'm just a negative person. I, I struggle with this negativity. Some of you um, might, might, might see yourself that like, you act like Eeyore all the time. You know, it's like, thanks for noticing me. You're just in constant victim mode and, and you struggle with that because of something that's happened to you in your past and the emotions of it create this emotional baggage and it's hard for you to relate to the world. It's baggage. Some of you may have relational baggage. A friend has betrayed you. Someone has talked bad about you behind your back. They have betrayed your confidence. They weren't there for you when you really needed them. Maybe if you're in a in a relationship, uh, a dating relationship, someone broke it off with you, and they didn't give you any reason, and because you've been hurt so many times by that, you've built up these walls around your your heart, and you think you're there to protect yourself from people that they won't be able to hurt you anymore in a deep way and it keeps you from having healthy relationships it keeps you from having healthy friendships and many times those patterns of relating are pointers to baggage in our life relational baggage some of you will not confront someone you'll never do it you'll just flee and go the other direction why because you have relational baggage some of you cannot be close to people you keep everyone at arm's length why it's because something happened to you in the past and you you have this relational baggage. Some of you live in pain and sadness because of something that someone did to you so long ago it should be forgiven and forgotten, but it's still there and it affects every relationship that you have. And it's relational baggage. Some of you have a hard time being intimate with your spouse because of something that happened in the past. More relational baggage. Some of you feel helpless and hopeless because of your circumstances. And it's because of this relational baggage. You see, we have the emotional baggage. We have the spiritual baggage, relational baggage. And I would say for some of us, there's some physical baggage. Maybe there's a diagnosis that you've received. You have no control over it. There's nothing that you did to deserve it. There's nothing you could have done to prevent it. And you live your life paralyzed in fear of the next appointment, the next scan, and it affects you, this physical baggage. and Maybe some of you have self-inflicted health issues things that you could have prevented and you did not and yet you carry around this this uh, self-inflicted pain and this guilt that you carry around and it it just affects everything in your life this physical baggage and some of you it's led you to that place of bitterness and resentment and you just can't believe yourself you let yourself get this way and and you're comparing your life to others who have perfect health and and you're dealing with this and and you just live in constant pain or you live in constant fear it's baggage and it doesn't matter what hurts they are what bad habits they are what old hang-ups that affect our lives past scars affect us and they stay with us and they're hard to let go of and sometimes even the consequences of our past sins stay with us and we're still dealing with it and it's a lot of baggage to carry as i was thinking about this i thought about how much baggage could you carry i I got online and i watched a, a, a lot of videos about this and um, I, I, how, many, how many bags can a person carry? There was this lady uh, in, a, in a foreign country that was doing this bag test and each, each bag that she had on weighed about 20 pounds and she had about 17 bags that she could actually take a few steps with. I mean, she was just covered in them and I, I think spiritually it's just kind of a metaphor and kind of a visual for us spiritually that that's how some of us come in here every week. It's just baggage. I mean, loaded up with baggage and it's not the way God intended for us to live it's not the way he intended for us to be I'm not saying that you're not going to have troubles in life I mean Jesus promises that he says in this world you will have trouble but then he says take heart because I've overcome the world I want to share with you a verse of Scripture. This is going to kind of be our theme for the series. It's found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 28. It's, it's in the notes if you're following along in the app this morning. And we struggle with this baggage, and yet God calls us to do something with it. And Jesus Himself is the Son of God, as He died on the cross, and as He resurrected from the dead, it, He calls to us something right here in the middle of Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty eight. And this is what he says, and I love the way the NIV says this, and this is the way I kind of memorized it as a kid. Was come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to Me, all those who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Some translations say it this way. Come to Me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That, that word burdened, or that word translated heavy laden, actually gives us this idea of an extremely heavy burden. It's something that is backbreaking for you. Something that is not easy to carry. And what does Jesus say about that? He says, come to Me when you have the weariness of carrying it all, when you have the heavy burden of it all, and I will give you rest. You will not find rest in this world. You will not find rest on your own. You won't find rest in medication. You can medicate it all you want. You're not going to find rest in it though. You're not going to find rest in, in, in anything this world has to offer you. In all of the, the solutions the world, the world will give to you, He says if you want rest, and you want out of that yoke, and you want to find peace... All of you who are weary, who are burdened with a heavy load, come to Me, and I will give you rest. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? When we struggle with baggage, we need to remember to check our baggage with the Lord. To trust Him that He'll get us through whatever we're going through. To trust Him that He could actually heal us. And maybe deliver some of those bags off of our back and take them away. That He could remove some sin patterns in our life or some consequences in our life. And remove sin from us through forgiveness as far as the east is from the west. But this baggage seems to manifest itself so many times in so many areas of our life. Some people have baggage in the area of finances. Some people have some financial baggage and and maybe you have struggled with that in your life that maybe you went through a time or a season where you just spent everything you had and then you spent some money that you didn't have just because you wanted things i mean you've got a loan on your house you got a loan on three cars you've got you got a loan on your furniture and your living room got a loan on your tv you got a loan on your playstation 4 you've got i mean you've got just loans everywhere because you wanted things that you could not afford and it's put you in this yoke and really this bondage this baggage that you are now a slave to all the people that lend you money and you're making payments every month and you're figuring out, man, my dollar doesn't go as far as it as it did. And, and, and there's this financial baggage and you're suffering through it. Maybe for some of you, it's not indebtedness and it's not this constant desire for, for more. Maybe it's just something happened. Something medically happened and it just wiped out your bank account and you don't have the savings you once did. Maybe you just weren't disciplined. Maybe, you're, maybe it's not that you're in debt, you're just not disciplined with your money. And every dollar you get, you, you spend on yourself. You're not a generous person. You're not characterized by that. I know that some people go through uh, financial struggles because they really don't rely on God's provision. They, they don't read all the hundreds of verses in Scripture that talk about that it's God's money, that He's going to provide everything we need for life and godliness, that we don't stand on that. And so some people uh, forego tithing and, and the blessing of the Lord that comes with that. Some people forego giving altogether because they struggle to really believe and rely on God's promise for His provision. And there's this financial baggage that always seems to be with us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-8 through puts it this way. It says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because He's given you all that you need. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having what all sufficiency in in what areas in all things when 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 lord at all times that you may abound in every good work god says i'm going to provide everything you need all grace is going to abound to you all sufficiency in all things at all times And you're going to trust me. We're going to bring this baggage in this area of finances under control. In Malachi 3.10, when he talks about the tithe, he says, Bring the full tithe, the full 10%. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. There may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. But sometimes we just, nah, not sure I'm... Believe that 110%. Not sure I can trust in God. Not sure I can put my full faith in God even in this area. And there's financial baggage that follows. Baggage in the area of finances. Some of us might have baggage in the area of bitterness. And we're going to talk about this um, in depth here in a couple weeks because we're going to talk about forgiveness and we're going to talk about bitterness. And, and there's some things that happen in life that uh, maybe you just really have a hard time getting over. That's just the best way to say it is you're just not over it. Some people think they're over it. Have you ever met that person that had something bad happen? And they, and they say, yeah, but I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. It's like, you're not over it. You know, quit saying you're over it. You're, you're far from over it. That's all you talk about. I mean, if we ask you something, that's what comes up every time. Every time, you always go back to your story about so-and-so that did such-and-such to you, how it caused you pain and heartache and strife, how you're really struggling with that, and it's baggage, baggage of bitterness. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, He says, And forgive us our trespasses as we also have forgiven our trespassers. Lord, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. There's the baggage of bitterness. Some of us have the baggage of worry and anxiety. We're so worried about the... The future, and God says, come to me. Cast all those burdens and those worries and anxieties about the future unto me, because I hold the future. But instead, we cast those burdens on ourselves, and we carry them around in a large duffel bag on our back, instead of carrying those things to the Lord. And we worry, and we have anxiety. Even though Scripture tells us directly not to do that. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Puts it this way. Do not be anxious about anything. I remember sharing that with somebody in my office one time. And it was a husband and wife. And the wife says, is that true about anything? I was like, that's what it says. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. But in every situation. Every situation, Lord? Every situation. By prayer and petition. You know what happens when we we have prayer? And when we petition God... It gets our focus off of our situation and onto Him. And on to His strength and His glory and His power. And I think there's a sense that comes over us when we come to the Lord in prayer and petition through every situation that we get a heavenly perspective when we realize what we really thought we were struggling with ain't so bad anymore. It's not so bad. We are not called... To be anxious. And he says, do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving even, thanksgiving for who God is, the fact that he has overcome the world, present your request to God, and then look at the benefit of this. When you do this, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding all human understanding people don't understand how you can have this peace because of your circumstances of, of life it says and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will what will that do that peace of god it will guard your heart and your mind in christ jesus and wouldn't that be great for some of us that we would have our hearts and our minds guarded in christ jesus so that we're not anxious about anything And when we feel that creeping back into our lives, that baggage of worry and anxiety about the future or about the past or what's going to happen tomorrow is we go to the Lord in prayer and petition. And we walk out of that time with great peace. Some of us have the baggage of controlling. Controlling everything. Or at least we try to. Instead of trusting His plans... Instead of trusting Him who holds the future, you are constantly in protection mode. You're building up these walls in your life. Look what it says, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in who? Trust in yourself. No, no. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With some of your heart? Just part of my heart. Trust. No, all of it. Just trust the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. You cannot understand the things that God understands. He is all knowing, He is more competent than you, He's smarter than you. He's all-knowing, He's the God of the universe, He created everything, He knows everything before it happens. Nothing surprises Him. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. Go His direction, acknowledge Him, go His way, pray to Him, petition Him, and He will make straight your paths. He's going to guide your steps and guide your direction in life. You don't have to have that baggage of controlling everything. Many of us are doing a devotional together this year by a man named Paul David Tripp. The title of the uh, devotion is New Morning Mercies, and I hope that you've been uh, doing those every day as, as I've been trying to do this year. I want you to listen uh, to what was in Latin, this past Wednesday's devotion. As I was prepping this message, I did my morning devotion. Uh, this is something that was out of there, uh, a quote from Paul David Tripp. He said this, you don't have to worry about whether your world is under control. God rules. You just have to learn to trust Him even when His rule isn't evident to you. I don't know about you, but that spoke to me this week. Right on this subject of, uh, uh, of the baggage of controlling. You don't, have to be under, you don't have to be in control because God has everything under control. God rules. What you have to learn is to trust Him even when that rule isn't evident to you. I could go on. I could name more areas of baggage, more areas of life where we pick up things and we try to carry them. And yet, I want to remind you that Jesus says, come to me, and it's as if He's saying, check your bags right here. Check your baggage right here. Come to me. I want to share two just small steps toward dropping off your baggage this morning, toward, toward checking that baggage with the Lord. The first one is this. is We need to believe truth instead of lies. We need to believe truth instead of lies. If you dwell on lies, I think you'll believe lies more than you believe truth. And that's why it's important that we be Bible readers, Bible studiers, and constantly seeking the Lord out in this way. Because Satan is a liar. And he's a deceiver. He's been doing it since the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Uh, The Bible says, John 10.10, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, destroy everything in your life, your finances, your marriage, all your relationships. He just wants to mutilate your life, make a mess out of it. He wants you to believe lies about yourself, lies about your life, lies about your situation. He, He just wants to destroy it. He wants you to look at the future through his lens and not through the lens of God. And John 14, 6, when Jesus was with his disciples, his, his closest companions in the upper room, he said this, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And if you want to come and be a part of the heavenly kingdom, and if you want to come to the heavenly Father and you want to hope for your future, then listen to the truth that comes from me because I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. In Romans 12, it reminds us, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, because then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, His pleasing and perfect will. How do we do that? How do we not conform and be transformed? It's through truth. It's through studying and believing the Word of God. Believe truth instead of lies. Because when I talk to people, and and I've counseled many people through the years, there's a lot of people that believe a lot of lies. That are directly from Satan. They're directly from the pits of hell. They're they're so off base, and yet people believe them all the time. We buy the lie. In all different areas of our life, all the different areas we've talked about this morning, People buy the lies from Satan. We need to believe truth. That's a great first step. And the second step is this. We need to believe in the Lord to heal and restore. We need to believe in the Lord to heal and restore. He's done it throughout the Bible. He's done it in lives and hearts today. It seems like so many times we might try to do that on our own once again, that we're the ones that try to heal. We're the ones that try to restore. We try to medicate it, we, we try to bandage it ourselves, we, we try to get some help with it, maybe even some, what we call in the world today, self-help, yeah, we're going to help ourselves get there, but that's not the way God intended it for me. He's the one that takes broken things and puts them back together. He's the one that takes a broken life and a broken heart, He can take brokenness and in all the areas of your life, even a broken marriage, and He can restore it and heal it and bring it back together. In Jeremiah 30, verse 17, it says, For I will restore health to you, and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. He's the restorer. He is the healer. In Psalm 71, verse 20, it says, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up you're gonna do that on your own you think the lies of satan can do that for you no god is the one who will heal and who will restore and that's the message from the lord for you this morning he wants you to come to him he is in the restoration business and he wants you to drop your baggage off on him so that you can have some rest. And I believe there's probably many of us that need that this morning. We need that. And Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. Close your eyes for a moment and hear His voice. Hear His voice call to you come to me come to me come to me all of you who walked in here weary weary of this past week weary of the past month weary of the beatdown of life in this world and what's happened Weary of the baggage that you carry every day. Come to me, all of you who are weary with all of your heavy baggage. Burdens. Heavy laden, weighing you down. And I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me. This morning, as we are going to sing a song here in a moment, have a time of invitation. Uh, You can always go to the decision room. We encourage you to do that. There's people who will pray with you, uh, talk to you about any question you have about uh, Jesus or your faith. Uh, Maybe you just need to make a confession to somebody and have somebody pray for you, lift you up. Our our decision guides, uh, elders and, and counselors that we have trained are always there for you. Well, this morning we felt it was appropriate to also just um, ask you to come forward. That if, if you uh, just want to come uh, to the foot of the cross that's behind me, just come forward. Uh, it, it's, it's open up here. You can come across the steps. Uh, sit on the front row. Uh, come and kneel. But while this song's going on, we just invite you to come. Sometimes I think I need that in my life. I need something physical that I can do. And when Jesus says come to me, and I think about it and I pray about it and I sit in the pew and I hear it, but to actually come to Him, sometimes it's good for me to get on my knees and it's good for me to look up at the cross. And it's good for me to remember that God is calling me to action. It's not some philosophical thing. Yeah, it's actually a physical thing. And so I'm going to pray and we're going to sing this song and we invite you, go to the decision room, come up here, just use this as a time of ministry and, ask, and, and, and just allow the Lord to to just speak into your mind and your heart this morning. As we cast all of our burdens and all of our anxieties and all the cares and all the baggage on Him. Please please pray with me now. Lord God, I just thank You for this opportunity we have to come to You. Lord, just uh, reminded that though we are weary and heavy laden, that You are the one that says, come to me, come to me, come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened with so many things, and I will give you rest. And Lord, this morning, that's why we come to you, because we know you're the great healer. Lord God, we know you are the one who loves us more than anyone else in this world could ever love us. You're the one that wants us to come. Because we're we're your children, you're our father, and you care so much about us. And so, Lord, I I pray this morning we can respond in our mind, in our hearts, maybe taking a physical step this morning, Lord, just to come. To hear you beckon that to come to you. All the weariness that we have, to cast it all upon you, and to look to the cross. And to understand it's there. And really, truly, we can try so many other things in life, but it's really there, only there, that we can find rest, that we can find peace that passes understanding. And God, I know some of us need that this morning. And so, Lord, as we sing, we also come to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.